0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This song was composed by a, by a gentleman in our community by the name of Darren Good, and in, he calls it the celebration song. Oh, oh, oh. Oh
1: March 5th, 2020, Nanaimo, British Columbia.
0: I am pleased to welcome Nanaimo, British Columbia, and Sir Oxman Stadium to play host to the 13th team in the West Coast League.
1: Nanaimo baseball, from the coal mines of Douglas in East Wellington, to number six in Jingle Pot, from Departure Bay to Nanaimo Harbor. Gabriola, Wellington, Cassidy, and Extension. This is their story. This is Cobal
0: E2LCMCA High Tapka Kwasiele Patanakoyel into Square. I just was asking the Creator to to um, send all good things our way today, and that everything that is gonna happen in a day is gonna be medicine for all of us. is like to, to, for all of us. Um. And I just gave thanks for the day for all of us.
1: That was an amazing prayer. And I really appreciate that song at the beginning. And everybody, welcome to inning one of Cole Ball. So glad that you're here. It's Ben and Travis kicking it with you in inning one. We're so excited to get this out. And in this particular inning, first half, we have Bill Yoko and Gary Smith of Sinaimo Tribe in Nanaimo. It's so good to be here, and we're going to jump right on in and start asking some questions to Gary and Bill. What is or are the names of the First Nation people in Nanaimo?
0: The name of our people here are called Snanemuch. Snanemuch Mastayuch. Is there a meaning to the name? The word Snenemuch means the great people.
2: Absolutely, because they are great. We are great people. Please describe
1: the earliest known history of the Nanaimo.
0: The earliest known or documented history of our Sunaimuch people was before 1792 when the Spanish arrived.
1: Can you please help us understand what a typical day in the life of the earliest known Nanaimo would have been?
0: So prior to 1792, I imagine a typical day in the Sunaimuch world would have been work that evolved around the season the seasons our people were in. Our people lived off the land and sea. They hunted and fished the waters to preserve food. The Snenemuch people traveled by canoe back in the day. Our people have always had strong, had a strong connection to the neighboring communities. The Snenemuch people have a rich history and heritage that are passed down from the teachings and stories through the many generations to the sacred ceremonies dance, and celebrations that honor our way of life and connection to this land. All of this reflects a higher meaning and purpose for our people. Our history is a living story that continues to unfold.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think any history will continue to live and, and to unfold, uh, but I, I really do enjoy uh, what you just said there. I think it's really, really cool and, and definitely pretty amazing. How does the First Nation history describe the first interaction with European explorers in Nanaimo?
0: Um, The history of the Sunanimo since the arrival of the settlers has been one of strength, perseverance, and endurance in the face of injustice, colonial oppression, disease, and prejudice. Despite all of this, Sunanimo continues to thrive and has an increasingly educated population. An ever-diversifying ever div- economy, society, and governance structure rooted in Sunaimukh values, culture, and way of life.
1: Describe for us what the Sunaimukh are best known for.
0: Um, I would say that Sunaimukh is well known for the athletes that come out of our nation. We have strong lacrosse players, strong war canoe paddlers, and Basketball is also a sport our people are well known for.
2: Absolutely, Gary. I'm going to chime in and add a couple. They're probably probably being biased, but probably known for being handsome, such as guys like you and me, being very athletic. But on a more on a serious note, we have thrived. We have sur- we have surprised, survived colonialism, and as Gary's touched on, our culture is alive and strong, and our students and young ones are getting well educated. And with the relationship with the upcoming baseball club, we look forward to incorporating and involving and getting the young ones into baseball as we have thrived with other sports.
1: <laughs> That's some good stuff. And uh, I really, really appreciate that, especially the, uh, the good looks. Now, uh, moving on to our, uh, our next question here. Describe the relationship between the First Nations and the city of Nanaimo and how it's improved over the years.
2: Unfortunately, over the years, the relationship in my time has not been great, where we've been neighbors and acted as neighbors, but there hasn't been a reciprocal relationship. But over time, with Chief led by Chief Mike Wise and the present-day city enamel council, I think there is a willingness, and there appears to be a willingness of the relationship to improve politically, which would be beneficial to all in this part of the region, because after all, uh, we're in the Sunamok territory, and no, and neither side is going nowhere. So the relationships improved drastically over the last um, numerous years. And the Sunamok people have been very receptive since the coal coal industry era to uh, being gracious hosts. Despite of being removed from our lands and squished into reserve-based, we've been um, gracious hosts and gracious neighbors and we look forward to enhancing our relationship after we are all one so in saying that we look forward to uh bringing our relationships and are uh being supportive of the upcoming baseball club and the upcoming baseball season next year what is your
0: guys reaction to the Rackman is on a, a coal like uh, an old coal mine right I mean, is there any history there that we should know about of of
3: the
2: coal in in the area? Does that have Kerry? Sure. Gary, I'll go first and then you give yep. the is um wh- back in the day when the wh- where you live and we were actually on the same colony, the with James Douglas was the was the guy running the colony. And um back in the day down in Victoria, when if Victoria had Fort Victoria, they were the guy they were bringing they're still shipping coal from like from england they're getting coal here and there was a uh this is how our city came to to creation of it to, of um the first nations our our people were trading down there and there was a guy here named they called coal Tai. what's his name gary ketchikan mm. i'm not sure you'll know think what his name for a second and then yeah. uh so he was down there trading, bartering down there at the Fort Victoria, and and uh, he said to the guy in his, in the their, the way they communicate, they're broken English. And uh, Gary, what's the broken English called? Chinook. Yep. In yes. The Chinook language, a broken English in First 8 our language. And uh, he said, basically, told the guy, "Oh, we have that up where I come from." And, and the guy, was, it was a guy doing the horseshoe stuff where the fire was. And, uh, the guy said, yeah, right. Like, they didn't believe them. And they made him say that if, if you have some, bring them some down here. So eventually they, that's how a fast version, how he came down there. He went back down his canoe, had some coal from our, our territory here where there's overabundance. And then obviously they won like the one, the, the jackpot hit the lottery there. and Then, uh, the, the Hudson's Bay company, James Douglas's crew came up here and made a treaty with the Sonamo and, uh, Coal mines galore. I hand it over to you, Gary. That's that. Basically, all I know too about coal. I so mean,
0: the, are you are, are the, is it taught what it was like before
3: that happened? Do you, I mean do we do we know what it was like before that for the tribe? Is it what the lifestyle was like?
2: Pre coal, yeah. Gary, you touch on that, man. Right up pre pre colonization. What was the life like? I can only imagine,
0: you know, living off of the land. Um the coal, you know, the only thing that I ever heard about anything to do with about coal mining is is the um how do you say it? Seychets and out on Newcastle. Wasn't there isn't that where they were coal mining?
2: They were coal mining in Newcastle, Gary, and and but
0: I, I know prior to I know prior to that. You know that area there. You know that's where a lot of our forefathers would go to train for med- for medicines and for uh, be becoming a healer. Like that's where before before the coal mining. That's I know that er- what that area was used for. That they would go there to train to become. Something specific within our community, are you saying it was a sacred place yes it in they and its still talked about today how that's you know a very sacred place so
2: that and, and, most, and Travis, when the most of the coal that came here was actually shipped to San Francisco, okay, most of that was where they would ship it right out to San francisco to uh and then they're obviously uh do what they had to do with it but uh, that's how it came down some dude in a canoe from St. one of our ancestors told the guy they had it we have it up here and then he they couldn't believe it when he brought some down there and there we go that's how this area turned in from a little from hudson's bay company to colony to where we are in 2020 to the city and there's an abundance of coal mine shafts everywhere in the city interesting still yeah. still able to access them are they more like a tourist spot now? Mm-hmm. They don't uh, be filled in. Played uh, so oh, as a hazard risk. So, no, there's no tourism.
3: Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that uh, some of that must be kind of heavy, you know, but um, who knows, you know, maybe things will change and the land will go back to the way it was if
0: humans aren't there.
1: Welcome to the second part of inning one of Cole Ball. And in this particular portion of the inning, we are joined by the Honorable Mayor Leonard Krog, who, uh, with the city of Nanaimo, and he's going to work with us through some of the history of Nanaimo in this part of the inning. Welcome, Mayor. How are you today? I'm good, thank
3: you, but but it, it's Krog. It rhymes with
1: vogue or rogue, rogue. But not a capital offense, so you're fine. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll work with that, sir, and uh, we'll go... Call and, me Leonard we'll, Leonard. All right, Leonard. Um, so, first of all, we want to answer... Uh, we would like to talk to you about Nanaimo and, and the city and, and get a little bit more history because uh, we just got done talking with uh, the First Nations and we we've, we've got their history so we want to continue moving forward. Um, and in this this particular question that I have for you is: is where who were the first non First Nation settlers in Nanaimo and why were they there? The
3: first settlers uh, were really in a formal sense arrived here in 1854, they came on the Princess Royal to Fort Victoria, which is now Victoria, the capital of the province of British Columbia. Uh, They came from northern England. Um, They were referred to as the Princess Royal settlers. But in fact, uh, there had been a fort here previously, the bastion as we call it. We still have it. It's a wonderful old historical structure. And interestingly, was built by a crew of builders that included uh, the first Nations from the eastern part of Canada. Uh, I believe the Mohawks, if I'm not mistaken, it's an interesting bit of of history, uh, which confirms what we all know that there was a much more complex relationship between quote unquote, the European settlers and the first nations of this country. But in fact, the first contact, uh, some suggest historically, was Sir Francis Drake way back when, sailing around the world as he did on behalf of Queen Elizabeth I. Uh, there is some evidence that the Chinese were here several thousand years ago. Uh, and in addition, there were a number of Spanish and English explorers. We have a number of names historically in the Nanaimo that represent Spanish names. Um, We use our our college now Vancouver University was known as Malaspina College named after Don Malaspina, one of the early explorers, but as I say, what really brought them here initially was coal. Um, And that was the Princess Royal settlers, they were brought over um, from the black country in England as it was called because they were uh, coal miners and could mine the coal. We indeed celebrate uh, on November the 27th, if my memory is correct, every year the arrival of the Princess Royal. There are descendants of that family who still come and attend. Um, We're very proud of of that history. Uh, We're also, I think it's fair to say, very conscious of what that meant for the Sunamic First Nation, the peoples who had been here for thousands of years since time immemorial and, and what that meant. But Cole was king. If I can ramble on a bit, I can tell you that coal was king also uh, because over time uh, with the building up of the British Navy and steam, as opposed to sail, it enabled Fort Victoria, as it was, to become the capital of the crown colony of Vancouver Island, but became a coaling station for the British naval fleet. Because coal was readily available here, high-quality coal, which which otherwise would have had to have been mined in other parts of the world, and then transported by ship, dumped off at Fort Victoria, awaiting the arrival of British naval vessels. So okay. that's what that's what got the first contact
1: going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was coal. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you you dive in a little to the the impact. I think that that it had on the the First Nation. Um, but let's talk about. The changes that that it brought to to the area on a cultural level, um, and, and just what, because you I mean you talk about the Spaniards, you talk about the the English that had come here, um, and then you said some Chinese. So, what what did it do culturally to the area of Nanaimo?
3: For the first while, uh, after what we refer to as as contact. Uh, and certainly the settlement of Nanaimo, you saw a significant number of largely Anglo people come here. And by Anglo, I mean English. Um, Some Canadians already, keeping in mind that Canada wasn't a nation until 1867. Uh, But you certainly had a lot of English people coming here. It was a beautiful new world. And the climate here is actually very similar to many parts of England. So it was a very attractive place to come. That's what lured a lot of people to Victoria. Uh, over time, however, though, it became a much more diverse community. Um, without specifying decades, you had the Italians come who, again, uh, were used to mining and, and hard work. You had the Chinese who came to build the railway, that, the transcontinental railway that united this country. Uh, many of them ended up here working in the mines. Uh, indeed, I can tell you that that every year we, uh, we honour a tremendous mine disaster at Esplanade Number 1 and 2 mines, where 149 people were killed and including one rescuer, so for a total of 150, the Chinese whose deaths are recorded in the records are only given their numbers. They were not given names. And I must tell you that when those 150 men and boys, teenagers, passed and were killed in that dreadful disaster, the total population of the city of Nanaimo in 1887 was approximately 2,000 people. So you basically lost close to 8% of your population in one single disaster. So how did it change the area? uh, uh, The the mining changed it in terms of developing uh, uh, a very strong desire for unions. Many people suggest, historians, that the a very complex and vicious nature of British Columbia politics goes back to those tough mining days when miners went on strike. Uh, in 1915, if my recollection is correct, there was a strike put down by troops sent in by the government of British Columbia. Uh, there, there's a long history here, but it brought the coal, brought other nationalities and groups to the community, as I say, particularly the Chinese, the Italians, the Croatians over time. Uh, one of our long-term MPs, his name was Dave Stupic. His mother was of Scottish descent, lived to be over a hundred years old, uh, and his father was Croatian, hence the name Stupich.
1: Yeah, and let's jump into coal mining because uh, that was the that was my next part of this, and that is is that in my research uh, there were times when the production of coal was at the exportation of it was at at least two hundred thousand ton a day or higher and it's not just like going to victoria it's not going to vancouver but you know you the the city of nanaimo was transporting this coal or the you know at the time it was the hudson bay company and then i believe it was purchased by uh, the a Vancouver company, if I'm correct, the, the new Vancouver Coal Mining and Land Company Limited, I think, is what correct. We were yes, yes. And but it was it was transported when I was looking at it to San Francisco to where I'm at in Portland, Oregon. It it talked about these places where the coal went. So there were a the coal was going around at least the, the continental United States from Nanaimo. Absolutely. The the famous Dunsmere family,
3: um, uh, Mr. Dunsmere, who was notorious for exploiting his workers and and a much hated figure who became by far the wealthiest British Columbian in his day. Um, Actually, one of his sons, the alcohol was a curse in the family, ended up spending most of his time, I believe it was in San Francisco, and may well have died there, uh, if you read the family history. Uh, but it wasn't just coal, by the way. The San Francisco mint, the columns for it are made from sandstone from Newcastle Island, which is a provincial park right in the uh, heart of the Harbor. Uh, there, there's a lot of history and a lot of trading up and down the coast. I mean, and of course, keep in mind the, the First Nations were, were active traders up and down the coast of North America. Uh, and that that trading tradition continued. But yes, the coal went all sorts of places and fueled the industrialization of, of the west coast of north america and as i say provided uh, provided support for the building of the railway uh, and at the same time gave a significant economic base to this community that dominated it for decades
1: your understanding of the fir- the first known founding of coal, like who cuz there is there's some reports that i've read that it was the the first nations and I, I always kill their name and I do apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but there are some reports that it was, was the first nation. Then there was other reports that it yeah. was the English that had, you know, been in the area that may have found it, but there's a lot of mixed messages on, on maybe who was first to discover coal. Oh. Is there a more specific in the historical archives here? Who, who was the first, who were the first, Known people to discover coal in the area.
3: He was referred to as Coal Tyee, who took this black rock to Sir James Douglas, who was the uh, governor of the Crown Colony. And Sir James Douglas, interestingly, was partially black. By the way, he was a trader for the Hudson's Bay Company, which was had been granted basically all the land in in Western Canada uh, until it became part of of the Dominion of Canada after 1867 Confederation. But in any event. We have a bust of Cole Taii down at the harbor on the waterfront, uh, who is an Aboriginal uh, who is, is is given credit with uh, with taking coal to Governor Douglas, who then of course realized its incredible importance, uh, which led to eventually the coming of the Princess Royal settlers that I've talked about. So I think credit should go to Tsunamic uh, First Nation and Cole Taii and and the original inhabitants of this land. That's that's this how shall I say that's the accepted history of Nanaimo and we're not going to back away from it. Um, I don't think it's fair to say that the English discovered it. It was presented to the English, if you will, to the uh, the workers and, and the staff of Hudson's Bay company and Doug, governor Douglas in particular, but we're giving the credit to Cole Tai, as he's called.
1: Yes. that's, that's good to hear. Um, now you had mentioned a little bit that the, the big strike, and I believe it was in, like you said, in nineteen nineteen fifteen. 1915, where there were I think in Vancouver they sent sent in troops into the area and we were talking armored troops to help protect the city because there was a big issue with the unions and and coal and and the unions based upon the information that I was reading brought in people from the states to help with negotiations um, from all over and and so they were trying to get, clearly negotiate higher higher wages, better better working conditions, and, and so on. Um, tell us a little bit about like the union's role in in Nanaimo and in in, in coal mining in itself, and and do you think that translated to better uh, working conditions and better union relations throughout the years in Nanaimo?
3: As I said earlier what happened with the great strike and there were many mining disasters many people killed the working conditions historically were dreadful um lots of families were left without husbands children uncles grandparents as as a result of the working conditions and so it's it's a very important part of this community's history and it's not not forgotten easily uh, i must tell you that uh, Some years ago, uh, during a political campaign, I spent time with a fellow who told me a story, which probably was in the 60s, maybe the 70s, in Nanaimo, and he went into a beer parlor, as they used to call them then, basically a pub, with, uh, uh, he was going to meet his uncle there. He went in, his uncle was already there, sitting at a table with fellows, and there was another guy sitting by himself in a corner of the beer parlor with no one there. Um, He sort of, uh, the uncle waved at him, sort of a modest greeting. My friend Dan sat down with his uncle and some other mates and said, well, why don't we ask that fellow to come and sit with us? And his uncle turned to him and said, no, his father scabbed. We're talking about the great strike in 1915, probably roughly then 45, 50, 55 years earlier. The memories were strong and I, I think your listeners know a scab is a person who crosses a union picket line. It's an ugly term and it's an ugly practice. But what I'm saying is that it had a profound effect on the, on the politics of this community. Uh, we, uh, we were a, a source of, of uh, real union organization for a very long time and it, it came about because of conditions in the mines, which were grim as I say, uh, high production. Uh, There was a fair bit of racism through that time as well directed at uh, Many workers some of those Italians who were brought were brought in innocently They didn't know they were coming to replace striking workers Uh, And the same with with other ethnic groups and so there were always tensions Uh, The Chinese were paid less Uh, many of the the white owners of the mines uh, Were happy to have the Chinese here because they were paid less and so there is there's a profound and and very important industrial history that forms the background of this community uh, But at the same time um, It as was a huge economic driver and at one time if i'm not mistaken I believe we had 13 independent breweries in town slaking the thirst In a community of less than 10,000 people of all those Hard-working fellas who looked forward to a beer to wash down the coal dust at the end of a shift uh, I can tell you that when I came to article as a young lawyer in 1979, if you want to talk about the history and the impact, there were still stores on Commercial Street, which the English refer to as the High Street, in other words, where the shops were. There were still stores that closed on Wednesday afternoons because historically, the stores stayed open late on Saturday so that miners and their families could shop after a six-day working week. Uh, And that was, as I say, that was 1979 when I came to Articles. So there's a a great sense of history in this community. We are, uh, and a lot of it goes back to mining practices, to uh, cultural traditions. Uh, We celebrated for, gosh, uh, more than 150 years, the May Day Queen. We don't do it anymore, I'm afraid. Uh, but the dancing of the maypole the uh, the anointment of the may queen which is a very much a very english tradition comes out originally of pagan traditions and then the english and and then transported here Uh, it was also a time to uh, it was a very much a working class holiday uh queen victoria day celebrating victoria's birthday uh because we were still part of very much of the british empire notwithstanding after 1867 canada was was created but we didn't become a province right away we were still a crown colony And indeed, there were two crown colonies in British Columbia, the crown colony of Vancouver Island and the crown colony of British Columbia, who were united uh, eventually uh, and then became the province of British Columbia when we came to Confederation. And part of that was the railway. We were promised a railway and the railway could come here because we had coal as well.
1: Yeah, no, while there was a, a big economic impact on the city from the coal industry, there are clearly, and we all know, there's an environmental impact. Um, what environmental impact are you aware of that it had for the city? And it, is, that, is that something that's still ongoing today where you're possibly doing some sort of continuous cleanup?
3: Oh, uh, not as bad as it used to be, but there are still places in town where you can find coal slag piles there are still places in town, uh, for instance, the subdivision that my wife and I live in, we bought the house in 1983. It has what's called the coal covenant on it. And it's a covenant that says the area has been studied by engineers. They believe that the uh, the lot won't subside. But if it does, you can't sue the city of Nanaimo for the loss of your house as it goes down the hole. As a matter of fact, probably not more than 100 and 150 yards from our house is a is what many people think is a well. In fact, it's the air vent, the old number one mine shaft, which, was, uh, which flooded and was used by the uh, golf course not far from our house to uh, irrigate the golf lands. So um, there, are, there are those impacts still. Um, unquestionably, Departure Bay, uh, which is where our major ferry terminal is, has certainly cleaned itself up over time. But if you look at old pictures, you can see the railway trestle that came in right into the, into the bay and ships, the coal ships would come in, they would dock uh, when the tide was right and load with coal that was transported from the Wellington mines. So it, it certainly had its impact. Uh, but, you know, coal hasn't been king here for many decades either. Certainly forestry succeeded it as a major economic driver. Fishing has always been important. And over time, of course, tourism. And we're also now, the regional hospital is here in Nanaimo, the, 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 the most important hospital north of Victoria. Uh, we have the University of Ankara University, which uh, draws students from, uh, let me think about this, I think, it yes, about 90 countries from around the world.
1: Now, you, my next question was, is now describe some other industries in Nanaimo and their influence or impact on the city. I know you just mentioned forestry, logging specific more specifically fishing are there any other specific industries in in the area um with any influence Uh, on impact on the city
3: certainly there's a fair number of tech companies here uh there's a certain amount of manufacturing uh pulp and paper we still have a very successful although it went into the doldrums but then workers and some major investors bought it Uh, it's known as harmac named for Uh, Harvey Reginald McMillan, who is the founder of a company called McMillan Lodell and Powell River Company Limited, um, known as Harman, uh, which produces pulp and paper, which by the way, produces uh, materials that are used in the making of uh, masks, which have become pretty important in the COVID crisis uh, in your country and my country and around the world. Uh, They're still a major employer, but we're very much a service center now and very much a retail center, There was a cheeky old joke made many years ago that Nanaimo was a series of malls in search of a city, which was unfair comment in my view, uh, and is certainly even less true if it ever was true now. Uh, We are a fairly diverse community, 100,000 people essentially, uh, close to it and probably a little more now, but many people from uh north island north of us uh they come here for their legal services they will come here for their particular health services and and care of that nature they'll come here to shop Uh, and they'll also um, obviously many people come here for all kinds of other reasons we're an hour and a half from a major ski hill in the province called mount washington which gets the highest snowfall of any ski hill in the province annually we are rated uh as one of the top 10 dive destinations in the world. So uh, we have a lot going for us. Um, the uh, Jack Cousteau, I think said we had the second best temperate waters for diving in the world. So there's, there, there's a lot to draw people here and tourism is important. We're also the gateway to the West Coast uh, and uh, Pacific Rim National Park, which is internationally known and loved by many people um as you can tell and and i say quite uh, unabashedly uh, every mayor is expected to be the booster of their own town that's kind of job number one right
1: exactly yes you, right. you gotta
3: boost your town but as i tell people cheekily and with great confidence when i say we're the best city of our size anywhere in north america the the difference between me and the other mayors who say it i know it to be true
1: exactly now let's take a let's take a, a little step back too because um, Nanaimo, you know, was not necessarily the Nanaimo that it is today, meaning that there's what I think East Wellington, uh, Gabriola, just other places that have kind of been, yes, you know, brought into Nanaimo itself. Is that correct? absolutely the the original layout of Nanaimo
3: which is known in the land title office as plan 584 all we have a r- land registry system in british columbia and so every plan of a subdivision in on vancouver island got a number and we're number plan 584 so most of the initial stuff was uh, was victoria of course the old city plan it was a fairly compact city but in 1975 it was a massive expansion. Took in areas called Northfield, I believe, Harewood at the same time, and other areas. And we became a much larger city. We're roughly two to three, four, five kilometers wide and about 20 kilometers long. We have 90.7 square kilometers of turf for a city of only 100,000. So, as I, I jokingly say to people often, we have too much geography and too few people. Uh, but that was a that uh, had a profound impact on the city uh, over time. Uh, Gabriela Island, uh, again, Gabriela being a Spanish name, uh, is not part of the city, uh, but it uh, it relies very heavily on Nanaimo. It's, there's a ferry runs daily uh, between Nanaimo and Gabriela from downtown Nanaimo to Gabriela Island. Uh, and so they're very much part of our community. Their kids come here to Nanaimo for post-secondary education uh, and secondary education. They come here for high school uh, and that's been true for a very long time. So yeah, we're, we're we are a, a much bigger and, and different community from where we were a number of years ago. And we're also famous for some crazy things. We're famous for our bathtub races. Uh, we're famous for an bar, which uh, is one of the great culinary delights. When uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau hosted uh, President Obama and Mrs. Obama at the uh, at the Canadian embassy when he was still president for a dinner. Nanaimo bar was one of the desserts they served. So Excellent. we have a very chauvinistic pride in our wonderful sweet dessert, which I recommend highly to anyone who's interested.
1: Yeah. Now, fast forward to present day. Um, please describe to someone who has never been to Nanaimo, you know, what it's like, like what's the culture, what's the atmosphere like? And you know, the the second part of that question would be, you know, are there some places that you would recommend that they visit while they're there? Oh, look, absolutely.
3: Relatively speaking, in terms of colonialism and and cities within the province of British Columbia, we are one of the three major older communities. Uh, some communities are older, but not nearly as big. Didn't develop the same way, but. Victoria, New Westminster, and Nanaimo are with the three larger key centers. Uh, we were a city before Vancouver was a city. Now, Vancouver's got 675,000 people. It's a lot bigger, but we were one of the key cities. So we have a very historic downtown. We have a number of historic buildings, uh, very attractive buildings. And as I have emphasized earlier, history plays a real role in our, in our community pride. We're also, uh, a coastal town. You know, you're going to arrive here by float plane or by ferry or by highway from north and south, depending on where you're coming from. Uh, you're going to see a, a community that spreads up uh, a, a sloped uh, hill, uh, and behind that is Mount Benson, very visible from the town. You're going to find a community that has an interesting ethnic mix given its size. A uh, substantial uh, and, and much larger community recently of uh, Chinese immigrants. Uh, many people from Hong Kong and from mainland China have, have chosen to come and live here. But you know, historically we've had waves of immigration as I described earlier, from the English, the Croatians, the Italians, uh, Germans, all the country, many countries from around the world able to touch on most of the basic uh, ethnic foods uh, in this town. Including Persian food Um, if you come you're going to find an active cultural community We have a wonderful port theater 800 seat theater wonderful building uh, And which we're hoping to expand You're going to find a lot of arts and culture. We have an amazing number of painters and potters Writers here. This is a very favorite place. Gabriel Island attracts a lot of people that way You're going to find a community that is big on outdoor recreation. We have a wonderful system of parks in our town. You're going to find a number of areas to play, including the Nanaimo Ice Center, uh, the Aquatic Center, uh, Bebon Park. Uh, We've got uh, several ice arenas where you can practice and play. And we have a number of leagues that play, of course. I mean, hockey is the Canadian game after all. It's not just about baseball um but we're hoping to see a big expansion on baseball and that's the that's the point of this uh, you're you're going to find a community that's is, is that is at that lovely size where it's um it's not so big that it's hard to get around in and you're fighting traffic all the time and yet not so small that you can't find all the amenities you expect from a modern urban life in other words we've got our costco and our walmart but we've also got the port theater we've got uh uh, we've got Tim Hortons, and we've got fine dining at a number of restaurants. We have, you know, the the basic Chinese family food restaurant that caters to everybody to the McDonald's. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've got it all.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Last question for you, uh, Mayor. Is there anything further you would like for the people listening to this to know about Nanaimo and its residents?
3: Well, I think they they need to know that this is a community that prides itself, as I say, on its history, which I've emphasized, that has a a, a strong and renewed relationship with its First Nation, uh, Senamiq First Nation. Uh, Chief Wise and I are are friendly on a personal level, but we're also friendly on a political level. Uh, both his council and our council, we have a protocol agreement. Uh, but that governs our relationship between Sunamik First Nation and the city of Nanaimo. We have a protocol agreement working group that meets monthly. Uh, that is an important relationship and they are becoming obviously, as, as, as claims are settled, uh, arising out of, you know, the, the horrible, long racist, ugly history that, that comes after contact. Uh, as those things are settled, they're playing a larger role in the economy of the community. Vancouver Island University, has the highest raw number of indigenous students of any post-secondary institution in the province. Uh, Sunamook First Nation uh, has the contract to manage a Newcastle Island, uh, which is a provincial park, uh, uh, accessible by ferry or or really strong swimmers or or people who boat, because there's a marina there. Um, And it's one of the places I recommend, obviously, that that you, you come to see. Um, I think people need to know that uh, we're an interesting community. As I say, we we have all the facilities you want. Uh, We're very young and growing and in high demand. Um, In 2018, we issued building permits of, I think it was $236 million. Anything over $200 million is a big year in the city of Nanaimo. In 2019, we issued building permits that were actually where construction was actually commenced, as opposed to ones where the permit was taken out for construction not commenced. We issued building permits of 386 million dollars. It was over 400 if you include uh, a, a tower, one of the uh, condo towers that hasn't gone ahead. So what are you going to find? You're going to find a community that's close to Vancouver, it's close to Victoria, it's accessible by seaplane, it's accessible by ferry, it's accessible. Um, by uh by highways from from victoria up uh and uh it's just a great place to come and visit and it's a wonderful place for a baseball team to locate with its wonderful sir Oxman stadium
1: it is it is well it's located uh, approximately 70 kilometers uh north of vancouver uh, well, sorry victoria Victoria,
3: 100, 100, 100, 100, in fairness it's a it's a hundred kilometers and about 70 miles
1: okay about 70 miles for those of us that do not live in in any other country that doesn't do miles
3: uh, and you know something uh, it's still believe it or not after all these years it's still an issue in dear old canada many of us still think in miles and even though we have to convert to kilometers
1: excellent well mayor thank you for for joining us on- this first episode or inning of Cold ball we really, really appreciate it. It was great to learn about the city. And uh, for those of you listening, we really appreciate you listening in. Inning one of Cold ball Next inning, we're going to be focusing on the early history and the founding of baseball in Nanaimo. So, that again, that'll do it for this inning.